Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Welcome, everybody, to episode 11 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm one of your co-hosts, Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend, co-host, and the guy who's the boss of King the Shah. It's Jack Aldermatt. What's going on, Jack? You ain't never had a friend like me. Yeah. Girl. I'm great. Uh, I am feeling good about um, our chances to talk about Aladdin today. Um, I think that between Jafar and Yago. I think that we uh, can make it out of the cave of eternal, whatever it is, sunshine, alive mm-hmm. with a carpet as a new best friend. Yeah. And three wishes. Mm. It will change your life forever. Well, if you saw the title of this episode, you already know what we're talking about today. But we are talking about Aladdin 2019, the remake. It just now launched on Disney+. Plus. I guess it, I guess it probably came out about seven months mm-hmm. ago last and year. It is actually called Aladdin. Dot, dot, getting jiggy with it. I believe that. Because Will Smith's in it, man. Yeah. Blue Will Smith. <laughs> he is blue. <laughs> now, okay. He is blue. Is um, he related to the Blue Man group? It's my question. Probably. He looks like is he could be. there a correlation? Yeah. He's all, he's all blue. He's all up all up in that blue. All up. Um, if you're just joining us for this podcast, we're an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. We did just finish... The Mandalorian season one and reviewed every episode of that. Uh, you can go back and listen to those episodes. And uh, last week we uh, talked about what did we talk about last week? Pixar, baby. Oh yeah, Pixar movies. Top twenty one Pixar. Yeah, films. we kind of well, gave our ratings, loose ratings on kind of wh- which yeah. ones we like the best. And I talked about Finding Dory and Finding Nemo, um, mm-hmm. the, the first of which uh, I had never seen before. So, um, so yeah, that was uh, a good episode. Go back and listen to, if you, especially if you love Pixar. I think you'll like that episode. Uh, today, we're diving deep into Aladdin. I want to talk a little bit about the original movie, like what our history is with the 1994, mm-hmm. I want to say. I feel like you're right. 92, 94, yes. somewhere, that, somewhere in there. Uh, original movie and and then also the remake as well. And we might get into a little bit of discussion about just the the thing that is Disney remakes these days. They seem to put out two or three every year uh, these days, so we can talk about that a little bit. Uh, and we always like to finish up with what else are we watching on Disney Plus? And I've got a couple things I want to mention there. 92 was the 92. original. Okay. I knew it was early 90s. I couldn't remember. You were exactly. close. Well, I said, yeah, I said 92 or 94. Yes, so you were close. You were, I was, you were close. One of them was correct. I'm 50 per, I'm correct 50% of the time, usually. On guesses. Yeah. I'm, I, when I guess, it's about a 50% shot that I guessed right. Yeah. What is Jack, what is your experience your history with the original film i'm assuming you watched it i, when it I first did came out. i did um i i 
hate to say this. Jack and I are both 40, just for public record. But I hate to say this, but I am not as big of a fan of Disney's animated things. I really like Pixar, but the animated movies in general, Lion King, Aladdin, and I've watched them all, so I'm not saying I don't watch them. Any of the old stuff, Fox and Hound, I've seen all these things. Yeah. But I am not, it's not like the tippy like, top of, of things. I know how some people so are like the one, so locked into Disney that they're like, they can't go wrong. Everything Disney does is the best. I'm can, just like, I can eh, see that. nah. I can see that for stuff that came out before you were born or before you were old enough to actually watch and enjoy it. But even the stuff that happened when you were in, in your teens, like you weren't into that. No. I mean, it wasn't like I was super into it. I, I, didn't, I, I definitely didn't watch it in the theater. So if I saw this, it was on a video <laughs> replay on TV Someone had a DVD or a VHS of it or something like that, and we were just like yeah. sitting around watching nothing. Uh, but, but I think I, this, I might have seen a few episodes of Mork and Mindy maybe before this movie, but I'm pretty sure that this was my first introduction to Robin Williams. I don't know that I had seen, we were 13 when this movie came I'd out. I watched his stand up specials. You were 13. I was almost 13. Yes. And you, you had seen I, I some of his stand up. It's awesome. You Rob, had seen his stand up before oh, seeing the movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. My, my parents didn't really put a lot of. Uh, pause on what i watched okay and i was the opposite um, like my, my parents were were not super strict but like definitely had a lot of rules i mean there are so. things that, that i'm sure that i want that I, that they saw me starting to watch or they that came on tv they're like oh you can't watch this but i don't remember that and i definitely know that robin williams might even if he cussed some which he did in some of his stand-up yeah they weren't they weren't gonna blink at that it's just some guy being funny so i mean i watched eddie murphy raw like <laughs> the dose, really? like, like yeah, i watched I like stand-up stuff. Stand stuff that was like like super cuss word. So, so so here's here's what's so interesting about that original cast. And I guess you could probably say this of a lot of um, earlier Disney movies, but I couldn't tell you who any of the other cast members are in that original movie. Like Robin Williams was so big at the time, and obviously huge as as a genie character. Well, there's a yeah. I mean, I've I've even heard some people say like that the movie that movie's only good because of the genie, like his his role in the genie. I think that the person. Let me find him on this list of people. Scott um, Scott Wein, Weinger. Uh, yes. Okay. Now, now was Scott Aladdin. Now Scott, um, he is famous for that right there. He is famous as um, Candace Cameron's oh, character's the boyfriend. Boyfriend. Okay. On Full House. Okay. All so right. whenever he got that role as Aladdin, I do remember this, and I do remember he he had been the boyfriend even before Aladdin. Yeah, out. and he was yeah he was like that. Okay. Good looking, here he is. He's a good looking guy, and he's he was you know born in an incubator somewhere underneath the ABC studios, and we're gonna have him on Full House. And guess what? He's just ready to do some voiceover work, uh, and he's here he comes. Uh, Gilbert Godfrey, I, I forgot he was kind of the other big name. He was he's actually Iago. he was pretty big, honestly, even before Iago, this movie came out. Iago, yeah, Iago. Um, and then who else here? We've got um, Jonathan. Click on Jonathan Freeman there. Oh, there. Jim Cummings was yeah. Razul. Yeah, which we've seen him. We've seen Jim Cummings in the flesh at Comic-Cons before, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, click on um, John... Hover over John Jonathan Freeman there. Click on him. Let's see what he's got going on here, pal. Okay. What was his character? Yeah, or no, some of the other things he's been in. Oh, he was Not Jafar. He was Jafar. He was in Aladdin. He was also in that big-time... Straight to direct to video, Return of Jafar. Which the Return of the J- Jafar, I had no interest in seeing in 1994 because Robin Williams was not in that movie. Right. <laughs> Scroll up. Let's see who the, what television he was on. 
that may be where he's gotten some of his I'm stuff. not familiar with him. Um, um, I he's probably been in some before. stuff I've seen, but I just, just didn't one know of those it was guys him. He's been in a lot of random stuff. Uh, he was, I think he did the voice in the Aladdin video game. I just keep scrolling. Yeah, right there. No, this is just some. Oh, that's the voice of, of Jafar in Kingdom Heart. All the Kingdom Hearts. That's cool. He is Jafar, basically. He hasn't. He, he hasn't been in a whole Jafar. lot of a lot of other stuff that people have seen. Linda, Frank, Linda Frank Larkin Welker. was was Jasmine, and I don't know anything about her. I, but that's not uncommon. Like um, the girl that that sang, or or at least did the vo- uh, the speaking voice. I, I think she did the speaking part and the singing for Little Mermaid. Is someone you've never heard of either? Like I, I think a lot of times they were describing whoever was on Broadway, or you know maybe had done like you know some you know singing stuff for some show or something like that. They just got them. Hey, you, you know let's audition, and if you're good enough to be the part, you're you're good. Were, uh, but now now that's different. Like I, I feel like. The, some of these actors that are in some of these movies are like almost bigger before they got into the movie. Don't, but, don't go anywhere, but let me ask, ask you this question. Dude, by, by the way, or are you going to ask about money? Well, the budget for this one's $26 million for the original Aladdin, the 92 Aladdin. $28 million, yeah. Uh, $28 million. The box office was $504 million. Half a billion dollars. Now, the one, the new one. That's crazy. The new one is even higher than that. So does that mean? Well, that's not adjusted for inflation, I'm sure. But riddle me this one. Does that make? I'm just going off the numbers. 183 million dollar budget, one one point oh five billion dollars made over a billion dollars. The new one made a billion dollars. Okay, so does that make? And I I think there's a good argument for this. Does that make the new Aladdin the quintessential Aladdin? No. Why? I mean the the original is the original. Like what? I think that will always it's be a the cartoon. One that- I know it, but this was real life. I guarantee you that more people will always see the, the original animated film than any of the live action. Ones. I would like to. Hear I th- the live action, action movies are always going to do really well in the, in the box office. I doubt a lot of like kids, especially, are probably gravitating more towards the animated stuff. You think so? Yeah, I know. I know Jordan will be that way. I can't speak for other kids, but that's just that's what I. Wonder. You ain't never had a friend like me. So, um, when. I'm kind of the opposite of you. When Aladdin came out, it actually became my favorite Disney movie for about the next six or seven years. Um, like throughout high school and stuff like that, people are like, hey, what's your favorite Disney movie? Aladdin was my go-to answer. I loved that movie. I loved Robin Williams. I loved the, the music in it. I loved the setting of it, uh, the acting, the uh, silliness with Abu and Iago. I loved all the characters. I loved that movie. Uh, so I watched it a lot, just dozens and dozens of times, even before high school. Um, that movie held my number one spot until The Emperor's New Groove came out. And Emperor's New Groove um, became that new spot for many years after that. And then it's changed hands a couple Emperor's of New Groove, huh? I would say the original Aladdin is probably still definitely my top 10 of all time, animate, any animated movie. And it might even be in my top five. I, I really like the story a lot. Now that said, and we'll get to the review of the new movie here in a second, the new movie changes enough and adds to the movie enough that I actually kind of like it better than the original movie as far as the plot and stuff like that. Now, I'm, I'm also going to rip into the movie a little bit and mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and express some of my feelings and, and uh, opinions about things I didn't like that they did in the new movie. But I really loved how more fleshed out the story was. And I guess watching the new movie, I didn't realize how not complicated the original movie it was. And maybe they have to do that for kids films and stuff like that. But I feel like they're getting away from that with new, new brand new 
movies, the animated films that are being written right now have a lot more depth to the characters, some backstory, some nuances to the plot that maybe kids wouldn't necessarily understand. Take like Frozen and Frozen 2. Like the first Frozen movie is actually pretty simple as far as the story. Frozen 2 that just came out is an incredibly complex story. There's a lot of things going on, motivations between characters and and people groups. It's It's a very, very complicated movie. That is not true of the original Aladdin at all. And I felt like when they went into the new movie, they had to say, okay, let's, let's make this movie for adults. Uh, let's put some, um, some more, you know, a complicated nuance and stuff like that to the characters. And what are some of their, their motivations and backstories? Why would they be doing this thing? Or what's their, what is their real goal? And um, they flush out side characters better, like in newer stuff, like and they just added, know the storytelling, they've really flushed out side characters because they know that yeah. there's mo- there's uh, money in the detail and there's, uh, further stories that could build out off that detail and spin off into something else and it make make it more believable. Yeah. Now, okay, let's just go ahead and jump into the new movie. Um, I, th- I think we'll kind of talk about some of our reviews of the original movie as we, we'll talk about both of them at the same time, I guess. Here's where I want to start. Have you, uh, so when was the last time that you watched the 2019 remake? Was it in, uh, in when the, it was in the theater. In theaters, okay. So it's been about seven months, seven or eight months. I just watched it a few days ago, so it's going to be a little bit fresher mm-hmm. in my mind. I, I remember it very well, though. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was uh, much better. I thought the 2019 one, one, for me, as a payoff, was a much better movie than the Lion King remake. Oh, uh, and I yeah. understand the Lion King remake Infinitely is better. animated animals, but um, I felt like there was some soul in this movie. And I'm telling you, yeah. I'm crediting a huge amount to Will Smith. People rip on Will Smith for being Will Smith, but there's a reason he is a billionaire from making movies because like he is really good at doing what he does. So, and it, can you, um, I, I don't know that I can, can you, can you think of an actor that maybe would have been a better uh, replacement uh, for Robin? I mean, it would have been awesome to see Robin back, but I don't think, I don't know that they would have even done that. Cause Robin's an older guy now. Like, I mean, if had he not passed before the making of this movie, I almost feel like they might, probably wouldn't have cast him anyways, just because like he was the original genie, uh, you know. And so I, I don't know that they they probably would have grabbed somebody, but I don't know who else better they could have grabbed besides Will Smith as far as charisma, persona, like that is what you want when you cast that character. Yes, and um, so I feel like Will Smith was and, was and a good someone choice. that can hold down such a big role. Like I said, Will Smith was cast in that role, and it's a lot like um, when anyone is cast in anything Disney. They're going to be compared to the original, oh, and yeah. what a big role! Like like Robin Williams made that first movie. We already talked about that. Huge but like what Robin Williams fall. made that first movie work because of how just unbelievable it was. Now Will Smith gets to try to do this partially in real life. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, there was CGI that was involved partially in real life, though. Um, yeah, I, w- I want to talk about the CGI here a little bit later. I'll, I'll get to some of that because I, I didn't love some of it. But uh, yeah, for the mo- a lot of the movie, it's just him. Like it's not him and no makeup, like just just Will Smith. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think he shined the most, like just um, just being him. So I, I just really enjoyed it. Um, want to talk about just a few of the differences between the two movies, um, things that, that people would notice if, if they watch the original movie, love the original movie, and then are watching this movie and, and seeing you know what, what is different, what's improved upon, uh, what's been added. There's a whole new character in this movie, which I did not see coming. I, I thought, having seen the Lion King remake first and then this one second, I honestly thought we would kind of get the Lion King again but with with aladdin lion king for those who haven't seen it basically being shot for shot mm-hmm. it's it's almost an exact replication of the original movie and, or they attempted it 
Yeah. And it, and it's just not good because of that. Like I think audiences are, are saying, okay, if I'm going to give you my 25 bucks or whatever for two, t- two tickets to go see this in the theater, show me something new. Like I want to see the original story and the, the, some of the original songs, you know, add a song, add characters, add a, a whole new scene, add some different motivations or backstory. A you, whole new world. A whole new world, if you will. And I, we didn't get that with the Lion King, but we did get that with Aladdin. So I was pleasantly surprised by that. One of my favorite characters in the new movie is the added character, Dahlia, uh, in Aladdin 2019. It's the handmaid, handmaiden for Jasmine. Yes. Uh, she was hilarious. I guess she's on. she's been on like four or five seasons of SNL, mm-hmm. which I don't know her from that. I haven't she's, watched yeah, recent SNL. Here. She was hilarious in this. From the from scene one, I knew she was going to be a, more of a comedic kind of character, mm-hmm. very silly. Um, just the eye, eye contact scenes between her and Jasmine where nothing's being said, but they're just kind of like rolling their eyes at each other. Mm-hmm. Really, really good stuff. I really enjoyed her character a lot. I, um, that, that was probably the biggest, like m- biggest change was that there's an entire character that's being added, but I almost felt like they had to do that because you could tell from the beginning of this movie, they wanted to, to double down on Jasmine. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the... What, you know, 1992 culture versus now culture yes. is we don't want a, a princess that's basically just there to, you know, this damsel in distress that needs to be saved. Like, Can't do anything herself. Yeah, let's give her some story. Let's give her an actual person. Like, she, she's a person and she has her own desires, her, her own opinions about everything that's going on. And in this movie, I think one of the smartest things they did was they made her actually in the end she becomes the ruler of Agrabah and she she has ideas about how to rule the kingdom like yes. she she actually is a strong female person that is is you know is has problems with the way that the kingdom is run or the way that Jafar wants to run it and says no if i was if i was queen this is what i would do and i, I love that i, I love having all those additions in this one uh the movie brave um you know that what's the princess in that movie what's her name um, she is a very strong character. Uh, let's make her more like that than make her like Sleeping Beauty. Who oh, yeah. literally is asleep for half the movie. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, I can't find the... Oh, Merida. Yeah. She is She is more like Merida. More, yeah, than, than, than other Disney princesses, if you will. Um, I, if you will. There's a new song. Uh, one of the biggest changes to this one is that it's it keeps all of the same soundtrack is the original movie although honestly like the 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 re i mean they've all been redone like all the songs have been resung but they have good feel also yeah. rescored and you know it's a completely different band that's that's playing all these songs and stuff like that the remixes of these songs are awesome like, alan, better a- than the original alan sure. menken uh composes the uh score he probably did the original to this alan menken does a lot with disney has done a lot of things it wouldn't surprise um, me at all if he was the original. He, my friend, Little Shop of Horrors, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Little Mermaid, Rocky Five, Beauty and the Beast, Newsies, with and then Kenny Ortega did all that was the actual director, uh, and then um, Home Alone Two did a part of that for Christopher Columbus, uh, 1992 Aladdin, and he did uh, on that film he was the composer and songwriter, uh, and then um, Pocahontas. He's done a lot of work with Disney. 
the, the first the first song well after arabian nights the very you know in the first five minutes you hear arabian nights the first like song from like kind of like the main part of the soundtrack is one jump and as soon as that that music kicked in and there's like a lot more percussion going on and stuff like that i was like yes i like this like this is cool it, it was one jump from the original movie but brought into 2019 like with that kind of uh musical you know frame of mind mm-hmm. type of thing so i really liked that a lot so the music was better but also they added a new song so i've heard some kind of mixed feelings on speechless i, I i'm assuming the song is called speechless but um i like i like it a lot i think it's a great song i like the the um i'll have to pull up the cast the, the actress that sings it jasmine uh naomi scott mm-hmm. i think she does a really great job i've heard some people say like oh her her voice is okay i think she has a powerful voice yeah it's called speechless and it is my, by naomi scott uh, it's not to be confused with uh, what's the, the Dan, Dan, country, and Dan and Shay's speechless. Yeah, it's not the same. No, definitely not. It's Arabian a, Nights, one jump ahead. It's Here's a good song. List. It's um, speechless is basically in two parts. Uh, like the first, you only hear the first half of the song in the first half of the movie, and then at the very end, it's kind of at the big climax of the end of the movie, you get to hear the second half of the song. And I thought that was an interesting take on on a typical Disney uh, song, you know. That kids would sing. They bring so. it back around. Like, job, Alan Menken. Congratulations. Yeah, it, did it again. It's a really good song, and honestly, like, it it has kind of a double meaning in the movie. Like in the first half, it's it's about basically her kind of staying quiet and not challenging the rules, and and you know just kind of being in the background, so to speak. And then in the second half of the movie, it's about her breaking from that, like breaking free from some of the expectations that that are set upon her and saying like i can't be i'm not gonna hold my tongue anymore like i'm gonna actually say speak my mind and step into this which i thought that was really cool so it's a good moment like that that song really kind of ushers in the big climax of the the movie um how they're gonna vindicate and and beat jafar at the end Mm -hmm. so and they really had to come together because jafar had him had him in a bad spot he had everything lined up yeah and he, but luckily, he called a shot, and luckily, they found a way to rise up. Yeah, and beat him. Probably one of my favorite things, as far as other than plot, we'll get into plot and acting and stuff like that. But this this movie was next level, other worlds for me when it came to the parkour stuff and the yes. and the dancing. The dancing in this movie is some of the best I've seen in a film in years. Like it's, you can point to La La Land and some other more recent movies that have done like some big like choreographed, big set piece kind of dance numbers and stuff like that. This one is for me is up there with any of that stuff. It was really, really amazing. And the guy that plays Aladdin, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Mena Masoud. Mena Masoud. Masoud. Yes. He is one of the one of the most fantastic dancers of his age that I've seen. He's he, a street rat, Phil. Yeah. Now I I read and heard that he, they had done some like creative things with camera work and speaking up like frames per second and stuff like that to make it look like he was dancing a little faster than he actually was. I don't really care. Like the the guy is doing things that I didn't know that the human body could do. Right. And again, some of the parkour stuff where he's jumping from building to building, we should we have failed to mention uh, this, that it's actually um, directed by Guy Ritchie, who's done some inc- some of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Snatch, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, mm-hmm. and of course he did the Sherlock Holmes movies. Yeah. He's really becoming a bigger director recently, like in the last five or six years, I guess starting with Sherlock Holmes. 
And when he did, when I saw that he did this movie, I was like, oh, this is going to be pretty cool from an action standpoint. And it got me really excited to see one jump. And it did not disappoint whatsoever. Watching him jump in between buildings. I don't know if you remember that. Like he would like start from the roof of a building and then like jump his way down to the street, like yes. by like toggling well, legs against the Prince walls. Prince of Persia, you were playing Prince yes, of Persia. Yes, it reminded me a lot of that. And the thing is, is like what's hilarious about that is like this movie did Prince of Persia better than Prince of Persia did. Yes. Prince of Persia did as a movie. That's true. I didn't think Who about played that. Prince of Persia? Was it Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, that, yeah, I think, so. I think, I think that's right. Yeah, which it's like hilarious to me, but anyway. Yeah, it was, it was great. I really liked Jafar's character, and that's kind of the last um, really big change. I mean, there's other changes to mention, but one of the bigger changes in this one is that in the first one, I don't dislike Jafar's character. It's so funny how this movie is coloring my opinion of the 1992 movie now, having seen it. I Again, it's one of those things where like I didn't realize that that there were things I didn't like about the, the first movie until I saw this movie. Yeah, and, I, I think it's a better movie oh, than it, the first one. It, in a lot of ways it is. And one of the big biggest changes was I didn't realize how one note and how not fleshed out, not like explained why like why Jafar is such a villain in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true of a lot of movies of that time from the eighties and nineties. Like we don't need a backstory for the bad guy. He's just a bad guy. Like who cares? Who cares why he's bad or what his motivations are? In this one, they're like, okay, that's not going to fly with a current audience or current our current culture that desires they want to know about the villain they want to know why why he is the way that he is yeah it just can't be oh he's a bad guy so yeah and i hate him this this movie like jafar in the first movie he's like this really gruff like really deep sounding almost almost godlike you know just villain like he's just evil from scene one and this one jafar is like this kind of sweet talking very uh, very manipulative yeah and and he's very like soft-spoken almost like it's it's very different from the original movie but I believed his character a lot more, and that's going to be crucial in a in a live action kind of movie where it's like these are real people on screen. You know, they want you to believe this is a real story, as opposed to just watching animated characters on screen where it doesn't look real. With this one, they're like, no, we if we're going to make people believe this is really happening, we need to actually make his character make sense. Right. And so they gave him some like political, really strong political motivations, like and I, stuff that would go totally over the heads of most kids. But he actually wants to like invade neighboring countries before they have the chance to attack them is he's all about the strength and power of Agrabah. Well, and, and they paint him in a picture They paint, um, Jafar in a picture. He has worked his way to this position. Like he, he started oh, yeah. out at the bottom. That's right. Well, he was a thief when they first, and he worked him. his way to the top. Yeah. And so you kind of, I'm just saying this folks, listen, I'm not saying you should like Jafar, but you kind of more understand his, the way he is, going about his business because he started out at nothing and he has just slowly worked his way to the top and ultimately he wants to be Sultan. But you kind of feel like, well, okay, I kind of get where he's coming from now. I don't agree with what he's doing, but you know, a lot of the, the power struggle in the original movie was just like, he's just evil. And of course he wants power because that's what bad guys do in this one. It's like, no, he wants to be, he's the villain because he has differences in like in this political struggle. So there's a political struggle going on between Jafar and the Sultan in this one, because they have disagreements fundamentally about how to rule a kingdom. And so it's not so much like, Hey, I'm just, a, I'm not, I'm evil. And so of course yeah. I want power. He just thinks it's, the it's more too like, nice. what's that? He thinks the Sultan's too nice. 
Exactly. And and he's like, hey, you know, if you're going to protect this country, there's a better way to do it. And I know how to do it. And so he's like, when I'm when I'm Sultan, when I become the leader, things are going to change around here and we're going to do this, this and this. Now, of course, it's against the will of a lot of the people. And of course, Jasmine, who obviously has a say in how the kingdom is run. But Jafar is not going to give her that that chance, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just I really liked his character just watching him on screen. So one of the bigger changes in this movie, if you loved Iago in the original movie and have not seen this one, uh, you are not going to see a lot of Iago in this movie. He, they go, they go full realism with this. Like that, like in the same way that like he, in the original movie, Iago speaks full sentences, full, full paragraphs. He just keeps talking, talking, talking in this movie. He's almost not even in the film for the most part. And when, then when he is in there, he basically only speaks the way you would expect a parrot to speak. Yes. Just kind of in short phrases. And you have Alan Tudyk voicing him. So weird, man. It's what a weird you could have made it, but, but they could have made him into a sarcastic character. They yeah. could have made, Alan Tudyk's a very talented voiceover actor and very yeah. talented actor. They could have done anything they want with him. They chose to just make him a parrot. It was really weird. They got I, him. They got him at PetSmart. I heard, <laughs> and he only learned these words. So. Yeah, they they only could say what he could say. Yes, exactly. But yeah, he. He, Alan Tudyk does a fine job. It's just like Gilbert Godfrey was given so much range in that movie. Like he could kind of just do whatever he wanted and maybe ad lib some or whatever. But I, I love it in the original film when Gilbert, Gilbert Godfrey's just kind of doing that classic voice that I can't do. But he's he's like, if I have to stuff down one more of those crackers, <laughs> he's talking about like he's going to stuff them down his throat. <laughs> um, whack, pow. <laughs> and so I, I just love that character so much. And that was. I guess a little bit of a disappointment with this movie. I, I wanted to see Iago and some of the funniest scenes in the original movie have Iago in them. And they just, they couldn't do that with us because of just doubling down. And same thing with Raja. Like Raja is in the original movie is not a speaking character. I mean, he makes little sounds and moans and stuff like that. In this one, they just, he's, he's just a cat in the background. And so like, if you're looking to see some like animal characters kind of take the lead in some scenes, that's not, just not, not going to happen. Not going to happen in this one. Cause right. they, they just, that's just not the movie they wanted to make. Exactly. Which is fine. Um, CGI. Let's talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. The I thought the animals were fine. I, I had read and heard from some people that they thought that the animals didn't look very real, realistic. And I, I don't know. I, I didn't see it that way, but I also wasn't looking for that. Right. Um, that here's where we may or may not agree, in that, and that's fine. I did not like the CGI on Will Smith. I, I thought his... His blue when he was blue, like full blue, and it's fully CGI'd. I mean, like he's I'm sure mocaps, like they probably have the dots right. on his face and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But they were, you know, basically animating his movement and his facial structures and stuff like that. And of course, you're dealing with a character who doesn't look. I mean, he's anthropomorphic in some sense. The fact that he looks kind of human, human like, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to change his shape all the time, like every five seconds while he's talking. That's fine. When, when they went like really crazy and had him like, you know, turn into, you know, a train or an animal, or at one point, like he turns into Aladdin, like puts Aladdin's face on his own. That stuff was funny and silly. And I could kind of go with it more when he was just like, just being serious and just like, you know, stone cold face to Aladdin. I just didn't buy the, the CGI looked really off to me. Um, I don't know if you, how much you remember from I, that, but I feel like um, I remember when I first saw the preview and the trailer, mm-hmm. and they started to show kind of what Will Smith was going to look like. I think everyone lost their mind, like, "Oh, that it's horrible!" Yeah, blah 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 blah. Well, I mean, you got to wonder how was he supposed to look like? Does he need to be blue? Do we need to make him blue anymore? Right. Why is why was he blue? You know what I'm saying? So he would so he'd show up on screen on a cartoon. 
but this is real life, so you could have just made him Will Smith. Yeah. Like, you didn't even need to make him blue. I, Am I wrong to think that way? Yeah, I mean... What would that have been like? He could have just... Had been, he just made Will Smith the just him. I don't know. I I think at some point you need to make make sure that everyone knows everyone's for some people this is their first Aladdin movie like mm-hmm. they've literally never seen the original I, right. that's probably a very small percentage right but, but there's probably people that are like that yeah. so I think in, in some way shape or form you have to designate that this is a magical creature that it's not a human that just has like powerful abilities mm-hmm. that this is a creature that came out of a lamp and lives in a lamp and is tied to the lamp with these chains so I, I feel like you can't just go just straight just Will Smith the entire movie. That said, I think they pro- they probably even knew that the CGI didn't look that great because they went with that. Overall, Will Smith is just Will Smith and no makeup whatsoever, no CGI whatsoever for probably about 60% of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's on, very much on purpose. Like they realized that either the CGI was too expensive to keep it looking good for the entire duration of the movie. Cause you're, you're right in the original movie, the Robin Williams animated film, he's blue for the entire film. Right. And so they either did it because for cost reasons or because they realized it didn't look good. And let's just kind of temper the amount of which we, we really go for that. And so I don't know. I, for me, I was, I was so glad to see that they weren't going to stick with blue the entire movie because it for me, been, it just didn't look good. Yeah, it would have been horrible. Like the, over the length of the movie, it would have really looked bad. So. Yeah, and say what you want about the Lion King remake that also came out last year, just a few months after this one. That the CGI was not the bad part of that movie. The CGI looked really, really right. good. It looked real. Mm-hmm. It looked like real animals that were having these these conversations. And I think, unfortunately, for a lot of people, that's actually what was one of the negative things about it. They they wanted to see a more silly, kind of cartoony kind of take on this using live animals, but, make, but but make them do silly things. Right. They just doubled John Favreau, right? John yeah. Favreau just was like let's make this look as real. Like, let's make people think that this is really happening. This in the is a world. <laughs> well, or this is a world where animals talk. There are no, were there humans in that? I guess there were. Weren't they the antagonists a little bit? In the Lion King? No, right? No. What am I thinking of? Jungle anyway. Bo- Jungle Book, probably. That's what I'm thinking of. Also directed by John Favreau. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm thinking of. So, but yeah, I mean, there's a world where they're just animals ruling things and, they they don't have humans to worry about. So yeah, and again, I, th- I thought but there that, are hyenas. <laughs> I thought the animals look looked good. Um, I I read one one review where they thought that that Abu looked really bad in this movie, mm. and I I thought it, he looked fine. He's not in a lot of shots, to be honest. Yeah, I guess yeah, they so, they said that his face looked kind of weird in some some shots, but mm. um, yeah, I thought he looked fine. I I wasn't. Well, they had to CGI him. I mean, to have him do the yeah. things he did. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I didn't think that way. Uh, so yeah, I think I think. CGI overall, I thought, was actually pretty good, except for some of the blue genie genie shots. I just didn't enjoy it whatsoever. Blue genie. Uh, let's see. Let's kind of. I don't want to go sh- beat by beat through the yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I think I just you know. Kind of talk about some I, of our yeah. I can say. I, the the thing I liked about it, the cave. What's the name of the cave? The cave of wonders. Yeah. The cave of wonders was so well done. I thought. yeah, it was great. I thought it looked great. I thought that um, Jafar's character was really. They did a good job demoing in this him in, in this situation. Um, about why he needed Aladdin to do what he needed him to do. Yeah, and um, I thought that cave scene was really really cool. I thought they did a good job with it. Yeah. Um, I feel like um, my other favorite part. I thought that the you know you know magic what? carpet was really great coming out of there too. So. Yeah, yeah, and there were some moments of really good CGI and really good like a lot. Of, obviously, the cave of wonder was 
was a lot of CGI in that scene, like not moving CGI, just background CGI. Like they were probably in a very small room when they were shooting those shots with a lot of just blue screen behind them, but it looked real. The, what I really liked about the cave of wonders, which I guess you could infer from the original movie, but I thought was a a lot more prominent in this one. In this, in this one, Aladdin is a straight up thief. Like he's like stealing everything he can, including not in the original, you kind of get the impression. He's mostly just stealing food. Yes. In this one, he's stealing jewels and like valuables and stuff from people and selling them, selling them defenses and stuff like that. Like it's a little more hardcore. Yeah. And in this one is Han Solo in this. Yeah. He's a smuggler. And so he, Obviously, he cares a lot about riches and stuff like that. In this movie, and I got it from the obviously from watching the first movie too. But in this one, it was a much more apparent to me how much he would have been enticed and tempted by all the riches that he was walking right past, but not touching as he walked through the cave of wonders. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you get a sense of that in the original movie, but in this one, it was different because right you saw him. You. you saw him actually stealing like a necklace or, or a brooch or something like that mm-hmm. in the earlier parts of this movie where you didn't see that in the original movie. And so in this one, like when he's walking past Jules and Abu's like going, Ooh, and trying to like grab it like a, a Ruby or something like he's like, no, we can't. You can tell he's really struggling with it. Like he really wants to grab a few things on the way out type yeah. of thing. And so I thought they did a really good job with that, but go ahead. And I, I cut you off. What, what was the other thing you were, you were going to jump? No, to? I really liked, I really liked that, carpet. that, that part of it. I thought that the, um, the characters that they um, that they uh, rolled out, I thought you what would you say the name of the, the new character was? What was her name? Dahlia. Dahlia was a great addition because it added um, someone for Jasmine to kind of confide in, so it wasn't just Jasmine against the world. Yeah, because it, that's almost like in the in the cartoon edition of this. Her dad was this clueless person. Yeah, that you was, remember this? That was another that, big difference. That annoyed me. I mean, yeah. when, I, when I was younger and I watched it, I'm like, he was a total pushover. How is he the king? How is he the sultan? Right. <laughs> if he's this much of a doofus. Like in, in this one, his character was much a much stronger character. He he like, just wanted to rule in a way that was fair to people. Right. And Jafar wanted to be more heavy handed. They had a lot of disagreements, and so she ended up basically kind of being not, more in the middle, probably. If you're really going to go that route, but she loved your dad, uh, and uh, she was not headstrong, but like independent. So she was able yeah. to, you know, be someone who probably could take that on and it'd be pretty good. So uh, one thing I did not see coming when when I saw Dahlia, the new character, I really thought she was just going to be a support character, kind of just helping Jasmine along with whatever her story path was. She ended up having a whole story path all to herself because of a romantic interest and like there's like a subplot between him between her and the genie which like surprised the heck out of me but it was like at first i was like how's this gonna work like this human is like romantically involved with the genie as the as the main plot is was playing out but then they then they really let you in on the fact that genie used to be a human and that he was going to be able to you know maybe end up having a relationship yeah yeah it was it was just so bizarre at first, and then so I don't know if you remember like the first the very first thing that you see on frame one of this movie is Will Smith on a boat with some children, and he's like, "Did I ever tell you the story of the Arabian Nights or whatever?" And they're like, "Oh, d- yeah, you have, but tell us again, whatever." And he's like, "Okay," and then you start singing Arabian Nights, and they go into the story. Mm-hmm. So this whole this whole story is being told for, as him as the narrator. Yes, you don't ever hear him as a narrator again, but that's how they started out, started out, and then it's revealed that. They, 
like at the very end of the movie, they go back to the boat at the very end, right before the, the end credits, and Dahlia comes out of the the hull of the ship, whatever, and so he's his wife. Like they, he shows them getting married at the end, right? And so I kind of forgot about that. Like I, they, you don't see Dahlia at the beginning of the movie, so it's not like I missed something that ha- that they clearly showed, right? But in the middle of the movie, I was just like. I was like, are they going to get together at the end? And it didn't even dawn on me that they were obviously married and had children. Yeah, and the on, guy, they, they've know. already, he's telling the story about yeah, yeah. them getting together. So Yeah, it was very cool the way that they did that. Um, so Can I tell you one factoid, too, yeah. um, that I've uh, looked up and unearthed here? You know, the Rotten Tomatoes on this movie, you know what it is? No, I, I haven't looked at it. Uh, Aladdin, 2019, uh, Rotten Tomatoes is 57%. From, oh, really? From critics. Whoa, that's low. However, the audience score is 94%. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, let's do some math here, Phil. Uh, the critics uh, on this, 360 voted, giving it a 57%. That's a lot. That, that's pretty high, actually. 360. 360 people. Yeah, yeah. Not the 57. 57%. 94% by fans and audience members. Out of 59,037. Oh, wow. So the weight of the critic... And and when you go to Rotten Tomatoes, the first number that pops up is at fifty seven percent. Right, but it's only three hundred sixty people that have voted that. Yeah, I wonder how much of that is this people critics are are they're looking, harsh. Well, they're looking at the these movies with with a very critical. What are they expecting critical, critical out of Aladdin? Stupid. But. My question is, what? Yeah, what are they expecting out of Aladdin? I don't know. I maybe it, it's it's not gonna be Citizen Kane. Like this is not that's not what they're going for. But, they, with this but movie. they do that with like the Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. All the Star Wars movies are well, not all. The last the last two have been well flip flopped. Yeah. The last the last Jedi, the critics loved it, fans didn't like it. The new one, critics hated it, fans are like eighty six percent on it. Yeah. So like it's just weird like. What am I even really looking at? I feel like you'd be the judge. Like I think the audience be the judge. Like it's kind of what it is, is telling me. Yeah. Basically, like you be the judge because this group of people doesn't even like this movie. Fifty-seven percent's a bet. It's still an F. Yeah. You know. It, it's it's very telling that six out of a hundred people that that were just audience goers liked it. They just I mean didn't like it. Sorry. Didn't like it. Yeah. Ninety ninety four out of a hundred were like yeah this is a great movie. So cray cray. Yeah. I think I think that really has everything to do is with kind of motivation for going to see it. The critics have to go see it. That's their job. The audience members, if you're going to go see this movie, it's probably because you already like the original. You're just looking for a good time with some characters that you know and love, sing along with some songs that you grew up on, you know, grew up with, that kind of thing. So right. I, I think if, if that's what you're trying to get out of it, it's going to be I, great for I just found that to be really, really interesting. <laughs> that is funny. IMDb, 7 out of 10. Metacritic, 53, 53%. That's pretty low, too. Uh, obviously, it's lower, even. <laughs> Um, another character that was added in this film that was not in the original, and he is a very, very small character compared to Dahlia. But do you remember Pr- Prince Anders of Scotland? He's mm-hmm. like this, uh, you know, very kind of European kind of. He's very white. Like he's strikingly white because <laughs> that's another thing they did really well with this movie is that they actually took a lot away some of the whitewashing that had been done with the original right. movie where right, 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 right. literally every character, every actor that was voicing anybody except for, I guess, Gilbert God- Gottfried. But like most of that cast were, were just white American people and they whitewashed even some of the lyrics. Like I was hearing, I was listening to Aaron Dicer talk about this movie back in the summer and he was talking about how they're in, they changed some of the lyrics of the, some of the songs for this film and the original lyric in in uh, I think it's 
I can't remember the name of the song, but it's the one where they're uh, Prince Ali of 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 Baba uh, when he's yeah. coming in mm-hmm. on his big parade and stuff like that. It's, there's one part where the genie says, "Brush off your Sunday salam," and they're talking about like a day of worship, which in America is typically Sunday, not always, but typically the Christian tradition is Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Well, salam in like Arabian culture is Friday is Friday night, I, I believe. Um, really? Like, like yeah, as right as um, as the Sabbath starts or something like that. It starts mm-hmm. Friday night, goes to Saturday night. So it would be a Friday salam. Um, and so for this new movie, they changed the lyric to "Brush off your Friday salam." And so that's just one small thing, you know, a little uh, text change, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, not a not a big deal. But where I think they really shined in this movie was they actually cast people that look Middle Eastern, at right? Least, or and have darker skin. It doesn't look like this. Whatever you know, yeah, and and that starts with Naomi Scott. That starts with uh, the guy pl- who played Aladdin. Jafar was that way. The Sultan was like was like that. Prince Andres of Scotland, by comparison, was a really funny character. He almost sounded like he was a character that could have been in the Frozen movies, like like Deep North yes, <laughs> type, yes. type of character. And he's coming to 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 woo Jasmine so that he can become you know her her husband. <laughs> and he is the funniest like the silliest character in the entire film, other than maybe the genie, he's, he gets a lot of laughs. And I just, I really liked that they had just, um, just a nothing character in there just to provide some comic relief. Uh, some sort of a, uh, just a different, uh, character basically. But like you said, like the, the whitewash aspect of the original movie, um, definitely, uh, they tried to even that out some in this one. And I remember whenever, whenever they cast the original two to play, uh, uh, Aladdin and Jasmine there was a little bit of blowback even from that that people were like well they don't look Middle Eastern enough which I was kind of like "I don't for, for this one? yeah oh really? yeah and I'm like I, I, I don't know I feel like they do I, yeah I thought they looked fine and there's probably some makeup involved to kind of help that process a little All bit right. but um, no, I thought they did good, I, and at least they're making an effort. <laughs> Whereas with the original movie, they they definitely didn't. Yeah, at did all. not. Yes, and, it's, exactly. and you can kind of get away with it a little bit when it comes to animated because they are, at the end of the day, just a voice for a right. character. Yeah, and at least the characters themselves looked, you know, like they were actually from the countries that they hail right from. On. But yeah, the, for this one, obviously, they had to go with people that that kind of looked the, the part. So, um, let's see. Uh, I thought the Prince Ali, since we were just talking about that Prince Ali scene where he's walking in with this huge entourage of elephants and all the CGI animals, yes, that I thought was cool. that looked really good. It was really stunning stuff. Really well done. I actually got chills watching it. Like it looks, it looked that good. Um, how uh, it was this big performance for the for the Sultan and, and Jasmine, and you know, in, in the original movie, Jasmine is kind of rolling her eyes, like, oh no, another prince that's coming to try to you know convince me to marry him she's and, seen and, it all and this, and this one she's kind of like wow this is different like you know this this is kind of an amazing um display so uh whole a whole new world i thought was really good the magic carpet scene the it was very, it was pretty shot for shot from the original i don't know that they added a whole lot but it was just visually stunning to see them fly over a real town like a real agrabah yes, yes, through real yes. skies through real clouds like it just it made it it made it breathtaking to watch whereas the original couldn't really quite capture the realism that would you know invoke that kind of a a scene so um so i thought that was really good um the movie gets really serious in the last third of the movie the last act but it's like- but I, I loved it. I'd like it, it. It wasn't, it was a uh, definitely it, Jordan will be 
a lot older before she sees this movie. It's just, it's really gruff and it's really scary at the end. Jafar, you know, becoming a like sorcerer supreme power, is, like super having being super powered, yeah, and being able to uh, basically do whatever he wants. At one point, he basically like blips Aladdin to like the North Pole, which I did not see coming. That doesn't happen in the original right. movie. I think like uh, Monsters Inc., like where they like go through yeah, a, go true. through a door and they're in the North Pole all right, of a sudden. Right on, yeah. <laughs> uh, tobogganing down the the hill. Basically, Aladdin is like that. He goes he goes to basically the the North Pole with Abu, and you're like, oh, how's he going to get out of this? But the genie against you know he's he does it. He's under control by Jafar at this point Jafar has the the lamp and and the genie kind of like says hey you know uh magic carpet get go get Aladdin <laughs> and so like I guess he goes at the speed of light up to the I north so. and like, brings he, him back he can travel for super fast <laughs> so that was a little weird just a little silly that you know that they could that he could go that fast but uh it was just cool to to see them do try new things like just hey like let's see how powerful he really is and so um you really get the sense that he could do just about anything and then of course when he becomes the the all-powerful genie, he's like this massive thing. Like he's honestly, there's a couple scenes yeah, power where power cloud basically. Yeah, and he's he gets huge. Like he fills up this, the so the the uh, kind of I don't know what you call it. Like the um, it's it's like a like a waiting area for the, in their palace where like you would entertain guests has a huge ceiling. Like the ceiling, I, you know, I'm assuming they shot it on site or made something that looked really real, but the ceiling is like 80 or 90 feet tall above their heads. Yes. And he fills that ent- entire room just towers over the rest of them. I thought that was really impressive. Um, CGI. He actually looked really good in that. Um, just looking over my notes. Uh, let me speak about a couple of the themes. I, I think they're really powerful in this one, and they're probably just as powerful in the original movie. Ah, uh, uh, ish. We go ahead. I, I think this has a lot more to say than the original one. Like, yeah, the original. Agree. Um, is all. Um, it's there's a little hidden innuendo here and there because that's what Disney did back then. Like, like uh-huh. they, they they would put a few things in for parents, but ultimately, like they're trying to tell a kid's story. Right. And I think that when you make it live action, like you're now catering to to two to three generations of people. Right. Go ahead. Tell me. You go ahead, and I'll spin off what you said. So there's a couple lines that I really liked that I wrote down. One of them was um, – oh, but, but let me say this for first before I forget. I will forget it later. There's some backstory as far as why Jasmine is in hiding, and that was kind of just missed on the original movie. And I, I thought it made Jasmine's implications and motivations a lot stronger in this film. Mm-hmm. Apparently her mother was killed when she was – younger like and it's a little kind of a serious scene that they kind of i think is when they first meet and she's she's talking about oh you know she's hiding the fact that she's a princess but she's like yeah my mother isn't around anymore she was killed and aladdin is talking about the princess no not knowing that he's talking to the actual princess right in front of him and he says yeah the princess has been hiding we haven't seen her and no one has seen her in years and it's because her mother was killed and so basically she doesn't want to face the people around her so i thought that was really cool it explains why she only has a father and not a mother. Uh, her her mother was was killed when she was little. One of the a couple themes I really liked in the movie. One of them was mentioned early on in the movie, and it, again, it's true of both films, I think, but more prominent in this one. Jafar looks at Aladdin, and it's when they first meet, and he says, "You were you were you were uh, born worthless, and you will die worthless." And there's a lot of a lot of themes in the movie about class. And about destiny, like the the way that you're born is the way that you have to die. There's no moving up in the in this world, and uh, there obviously there's 
a lot to say about how the genie changes his state, how Jafar changes his state, how Aladdin changes his state, and in a sense, how Jasmine changes her state from being this, again, speechless person who's not allowed to say anything, to voice her opinion, to uh, desire to rule the kingdom, you know, to, to basically take a backseat to every, every relationship that she ever has in any situation that she finds herself in, to actually going into a position of um, power and, you know, leading others and stuff like that. So I thought that was a really powerful line. And then towards the end of the movie, I think one of the things that hit me the strongest about those last couple scenes were, and again, it's true of the first movie. I think it's more prominent in this one. I love the idea that the most powerful being in the universe, which is the genie, that is ultimately what, why Jafar chooses his third wish. His third wish is to become, I want to become an all powerful genie, the most powerful being in the universe that the most powerful being in the universe is ultimately a servant. So because the genie is bound to the lamp Mm -hmm. and, and that's ultimately how they trick Jafar into basically defeating himself is to say, Hey, you know, you'll never be the most powerful. Yeah. You're the sorcerer supreme, but you'll never be the most powerful being in the world because you're not a genie. The genie is always going to be more powerful than you. He's like, okay, my last wish is I, I wish to be an all powerful genie. And then the shackles come on his wrists and then they hold up the lamp and he descends down as the lamp and, and then he's thrown away for a thousand years in the cave of wonders. That's how they defeat him. I, I just love the, the idea that yes, you can be the most powerful thing out there, but ultimately you are serving others. Like you, you don't get to be served That's if you, crazy. if you desire that kind of power. And in the, um, I'll go, I'll go back a little bit. The, caste system that India lives in, the caste system that that, that Agrabah yeah, yeah, yeah. lives in. Yeah. Um, it's very telling of um, how you would feel if you lived in that society. And I know some people feel that way in our society sometimes, but I don't think it's anything near <laughs> near the society that these people are living in oh, where yeah. they're like, Aladdin is a thief because he has to be a thief. Yeah, yeah. Aladdin is not a thief because he feels like, oh, well, you know what? I'm just choosing to... Uh, you know, uh, rob people and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Like, he is not choosing to be this person. Like, he just has had to be that way. That's what he grew up around. He dreams of being better than that, but what are you going to do, you know? Yeah. And um, and Jafar kind of beat the odds, and we've turned him into the villain. And I think that's the hardest part for me. Is he's beat, he beat the odds, but yet he's also psycho uh, and crazy. <laughs> And a megalomaniac, <laughs> because once he got once he got the odds beat, he decided he wants to keep getting more and more. So yeah, but he beat the odds, man. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, cheers to, you, to Jafar. Jafar. <laughs> the, cheers to you, sir. You're the real hero. The real hero of the story was Jafar the whole time. <laughs> anyway, the last thing I'll say about the movie, unless unless you have anything else you want to add, but Mm-mm. is one of my favorite lines from Jasmine and she has like tripled the amount of lines in this movie that she did in the original. I, I love seeing her character more fleshed out is at one point there. <laughs> so they really double down in this movie, how Aladdin is, he's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm all, you know, like Aladdin's dead. Like he, he's so, he gets so wrapped up in the glitz and glam and the actually feeling like needed and powerful and yeah, wanted. New and, like, personality. Like he's, he's used it's to be new just, groove. <laughs> he's used to just being invisible everywhere he goes. And now everyone's looking at him. And so he's like, he's like, man, he's like, I'm never going back to Aladdin. I'm never telling the ch- right. the princess who I really am. Like I'm, I'm, I'm Ali now. And that's my new, that's my new personality. And, and so he, 
is going into the the room, the room like Jasmine's already starting to doubt. It's like I feel like I feel like you are someone that I've met before, and you, you don't seem real. Like none of this seems real, even though the genie basically they, the way they explain it in this movie is that the genie has like they, th- think about it. They put a turban on him. And all of a sudden, no one recognizes him. It's like, it's, oh, it's it's Superman. It's, it's, yeah, it's Clark Kent. <laughs> Clark Kent. Is. I mean, and so glasses on him. He's not Clark. In Kent the anymore. in the first movie, you're just like, okay, I guess they just don't understand. Uh, they don't see him. Oh, they don't know him. Yeah, because he's he's got a turban on. But it's like, well, Jasmine would know. Like he, he looks like Aladdin. He's just wearing a turban now. In this one, they actually explain like, no, he's like, no, it's secret genie magic. There's some like, magic. Yeah, and like, that, I, I think maybe I always felt that way. <laughs> that, like that's what was actually happening there. But they they, they it, never explained. It's it. explicitly mentioned in this movie, which I thought I thought was good. Back then, they didn't feel like they needed to explain that, I guess. Yeah. At any rate, um, so he's in the room with her. And obviously, because of genie magic, she can't see that it's really Aladdin. But she's like, she's like, you're from Ababwa. <laughs> she's like, I have a map right here. She's like, I, I study maps all the time. She's like, I've never seen Ababwa on, on any map. Like, you got to help me. Where is this place? And it's like just some place that the genie made up. Like, Will Smith was like, he's like, you're from Ababwa. <laughs> <laughs> whatever something she's like i can't find a babwa whatever and um and so eventually the how he gets out of it is he he kind of like whispers to genie and the genie like when she's not looking like just like <laughs> like basically writes a babwa onto the map and then she looks back she's like oh how did i miss that before whatever anyways what the line i really like from that scene is um you get it in just with one line one sentence you get a lot of introspection to how she is and how she yeah. lives, lives her life she says Maps are how I see the world, and I, I love that line from from the new movie. That move, that line doesn't exist. Yeah. There's a lot of lines that don't exist from the first movie, but maps are how I see the world. Yeah. Like she basically lives her life from her palace. She's not allowed to leave. She's not allowed to you know to fraternize with peasants or anything like that. And she's never been to any other country. She's like her entire world is literally this house that yeah. she lives in. And so she, the way that she experiences the world and understands how life is is just by staring at maps and like having dreams and uh you know just coming up with ideas about how the world is outside of these four walls so i thought that was really great the the movie is infinitely deeper than the original movie so for all those ways i I really really enjoyed it right so yeah i i um like i said i went into it with zero expectations because i definitely i i did i didn't necessarily like uh the original lad the animated movie. Yeah. I, it wasn't like I was like, oh, yay, love it. Like, But it was one of those where this one, I went into it with zero expectations. And I just, I came out of it thinking, Will Smith's really, really talented. Yeah. Like, everyone, you, I think you see Will Smith so much that you just discount him. Right. Because he's Will Smith. Yeah. I've seen just, Will Smith for 30 years. Smith, yeah. 30 plus years now. And um, almost 40 years, basically. Probably, yeah. no, actually, technically, probably close to, well, Thirty years, let's say thirty years. Yeah, and um, he's taken his, for granted. He's and, he's in his forties now, and he, some of his. Yeah, I think he's old in that. Some of his dance moves, he actually keeps up with the guy who plays Aladdin in this movie. Like he's honestly, he's quick. Like he he. I mean, I definitely couldn't dance like Will Smith does ever. Like even when I was in my prime. But he's older than us, and he looks good out on the dance floor. He's doing he's doing. Some William movies. Smith. Was born in 1968. He's 51 years old. Yeah, that's crazy. He's in his 50s. Uh, so he he's probably is, 50 when he shot this. He's in great shape, looking good. Um, and I mean, seriously, think he's about he's him. built and and he raps and and dances and sings and acts and I mean, he's a triple threat. Let me movie, go over so. something real quick. I didn't tell you I was doing this, but I did a poll on Twitter. Uh huh. 
actually did it on the horror movie podcast uh, Twitter because there's a lot more followers on that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I put which Aladdin movie, I started this at the very beginning of the show when we first started recording. Okay. Which Aladdin movie is the quintessential Aladdin movie? Okay. 1992, and I put box office $500 million, or 2019, and I put uh, $1.051 billion. Yeah. Unanimously, 1992 Aladdin. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, like eight people. Eight, eight out of eight. Also, eight out of eight. All said. 1992. I just, I don't, I don't know that that means it's the better movie. I, I just think people. No, I mean, I think, but, but you're right. I mean, that, that is the quintessential Aladdin movie. Like, and I, you know, I knew that when I put that up there. I, I was just an interesting thought I had because, like, does does box office? And you're right, aggregate, not aggregately, but like, with inflation, five hundred million in 1992 is it the same as one billion in? 2019 who knows probably not quite a billion but yeah it would be closer to that number but yeah um i I can tell you which movie i want to see next like like in two years when i feel like i'm in an an aladdin mood and want to watch one of these movies i I would choose the new one okay over over the original here's your and that may just because be because i've literally seen the original like 35 times and how two-dimensional the original out it is think about it it's it's very two-dimensional it's very flat it is and and I get. I think that's fine for kids, but yeah. as, as an adult, I just want to see more as I'm watching the movie. Now, how about this one? I want to gauge your facial reaction, and people listening can't see this. Yeah. Uh, re- reading there, the they are talking about a sequel. Oh, to really? Aladdin. Return of the Return of Jafar. No, they won't do. They said they're <laughs> not going to do Return of Jafar. Okay. But they're talking about doing a sequel to Aladdin. Okay. So, what do you think about that? I mean, I would totally be down. Does down it for make that. a billion dollars? Um, I don't think it does. does no, it? it won't. I. There's no there's no genie in that movie unless it's some kind of weird prequel yeah. or something like that. I yeah. mean, he's he's not the genie at the end of Aladdin because I mean, spoiler alert: Aladdin uses his third wish to set him free, and yes. he's just a human. So, yeah, I don't know what they would. Do. I mean, it would just have to be like an Aladdin and Jasmine adventure, like where they have to go to some other kingdom, maybe or something. Yes. I, I don't see it being set in Agrabah. Um, that'd be weird. I, I don't. I, I'm sure it would do fine just because. People love that those characters and that world. Yes, um, and it would be well shot. Like it would, it's Disney, so it's going to make a billion dollars. But I don't know. I I just I don't know that I'd be as excited to see that one. Okay, that's the that's the thing with the, these remakes is kind of a they have such a library to pull from. They can literally make thirty remakes in the la- in the next ten years if they want to because of the vast ca- catalog that yes. they have. But they're all one shots. Like you can't do C- Cinderella. And then do it again five years later or ten, you know, ten years after that. Like, you, okay, this is your live action go, and then you know maybe twenty years from now you, you can do it again. You but put it in that way, that does kind of make sense. Like the the, um, you better do it right. I guess is what I'm saying. Snow White, and they haven't. They did do a sequel to that one, didn't they? Didn't they? Snow White and the Huntsman, and then whatever the sequel was. Right? But, yeah. Is that Disney um, or is that not Disney? Oh, it might not. I I didn't I didn't look. I had to look. I was trying to think of another example. Like Beauty they and the have, Beast. They, and, they, and they have the um, Maleficent stuff. Yeah, and Maleficent is, ha, actually has had more than one movie, but that's that's exploring a whole storyline that's completely separate not from, part of it. from Sleeping I'm Beauty. I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, if you, you take Little Mermaid, let's do Little Mermaid. Yeah. Right now, Little Mermaid, the Hall of Fame of Little Mermaid is the original animated movie of Little Mermaid. Yeah, and they made a second one straight to video. But and they're going to no make a, they're making a live action. And everyone lost their minds whenever it wasn't a redheaded white girl. Right. And I'm like, it's a freaking cartoon. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. And it's also a mermaid. So. Yeah, it's not even a real thing. Like, <laughs> It's not a re- even a real human. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, it's just weird. Like they're yeah. not like it's we're having Mary Curie the movie and we're gonna get Queen Latifah. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? They're like it didn't, didn't go like it's not a person. Yeah. Like a merm it's a mermaid. Yeah, I think people need to settle down. Over that. Yeah. Anyway. How about Disney making just a ton more movies off of remaking old films that they've already had in their catalog for 50 years as opposed to just making new movies, which wouldn't do as well. Those movies, if they made a brand new Princess Story, it might do okay. It's not going to do a billion dollars. Right. Like, that's what's so crazy to me. They've tried to do that. Like, Enchanted came out. And people like Enchanted. It yeah. didn't make a billion dollars. Like, th- those movies... What's the... Um, these movies are only doing well because people love the originals. What's the New Orleans-based one... It's got the some Princess voodoo and the Frog. in it. Princess and the Frog. Yeah. And that was kind of a new one that they had done. That yeah. They had done. And it doesn't have anything near the traction that the others has. Here, here's another question for you. Will they ever remake any of the Pixar stuff? I, I don't know that Pixar would allow that. Like, like would, would Merida, would a brave live-action movie ever happen? I, I don't it seems weird to me because Pixar, even though they they are technically just a Disney now, studio, brave you, brave you could they could pull it off. I'm just saying, like, like uh, I, I see Pixar. And I don't want to see Monsters Inc. live. No, even that would be terrible. It, even if even though Pixar is technically just another Disney studio, people elevate them as a higher higher than just all the all the, those Disney movies in the past. And so I don't know. I just don't know that that people will be, be like if they were making a live action remake of a Pixar movie, people yeah. would be like, "What? Like why is the original why, why not, do they need to do not good enough, you know? Toy Story." <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Um I I don't know that I see that ever happening, but they will I I feel pretty confident they will remake every big animated film at some point we will have an entire catalog like of just live money. action movies that's yeah. why they do it man. and some of them are good and some of them are not are not good um what what we can transition if, if you're ready but uh speaking of original movies that i've not seen the remake but i heard it was terrible um one of the things i watched on disney plus this week was the original dumbo which i had not seen since i was a little a little kid like what do you think of i probably hadn't seen it in 25 years does it hold up at all um it is it is a rough go there's not anything that's like super offensive in the movie. Like we're talking about Song of the South and stuff like that. It's not quite to that level. Apparently one of the characters in the birds towards the end of the movie, one of the, the main bird that speaks to them is called Jim Crow, mm-hmm. which I, I, they, I think they took out a line where they, yeah. where, he's, where he says, Hey, I'm Jim, Jim Crow. But those, that scene is still in there. The, the rumor back in April of last year was that they were not going to include the Jim Crow scenes in Dumbo. They were going to strike that from the record and just show the rest of the movie without that. But you can't because that like, and, and then November comes and it's the whole movie's shot for shot uh, in there. Yeah. And I, you, it's you a, can't, you can't, here's why you can't pull the, the crow scenes from the end of the film is they are the reason why uh, they, they convinced Dumbo to fly. There is no Dumbo flight wet without the crows. So you can't just pull them from the movie. You can, you know, redraw a whole nother scene and, and try to add it, st- stuff it in there. But no, you have to have the crows. I'm being brutally so. honest too. Like, and this is a whole other thing, but like that Jim Crow, like character in general, like I, I guess maybe if, if kids, if there's a deep dive and people freaking out about that, maybe it, maybe it makes a kid kind of go, well, what, what was that? And then they look it up and then they, yeah. And then maybe you learn something from knowing what the heck that was. Right. Because it was pretty stupid, and yeah. and it was one of those double standard things in our lives that things like that still exist today. It's not like they don't exist today. Yeah, like 
Learn, learning from the past, folks. Can I can I give you a uh, can I give you a little lesson here, everybody? Uh, learning from the past. Hopefully, then that makes us not repeat our same dumb mistakes. Right. But again, uh, d- demo came out a long time ago. It came out uh, almost eighty years ago. Yeah. So so, 19, so 1941. So to so the idea in my head, and I always do this with things like it makes me um, annoyed. When people freak out about something that was made in 1941, the world was a very different place. This is uh, pre World War II. This is like, a very well. This is in the middle of World War II. Well, that, I thought it started in 1941. For America, it started in 1941, but the rest of the world okay, started gotcha. in World War in 39, I think, maybe okay. 38. Um, but the, this movie came out before D Day, so it's it is a a very very old movie. What date? From, what, from what's the, the actual date? Uh, let's see. It just says 41. 23rd? Yeah, nobody knows. Uh, so December 7th, 1941 is the day that lives in infamy. Yeah. I think it's October 31st. Dude, something. it was in theaters when D-Day happened. Yeah, it, well, whenever Pearl Harbor happened. Oh, Pearl Harbor, that's right. Yeah, Pearl yeah. Harbor happened. Sorry. So so I'm just saying, like, yeah, the world's a totally different place. Um, yeah, the, we thought the Nazis were bad at this point. We yeah. knew the Nazis were bad at this point. Um, but we, in 1941, when Dumbo was in theaters, it's not like what we... Again, Hitler was a, a human that was walking around Germany, you know, kicking, you know, putting the Jews in concentration camps. So I'm yeah. saying, like, the world was a different place. So for everybody to lose their mind, if they lose their mind over Dumbo, yeah, dear Lord. So on the Wikipedia page for the 1941 Dumbo, the entire plot can be surmi- surmised in just three paragraphs. That seems about right. <laughs> There's not a whole There's lot going on in this there. movie. Well, and, and back then, animated things didn't... Uh, by you, the way, this this movie has a running time of just under sixty four minutes. Good, it's it's a short movie. They were making these things for children. Yeah, guys, cartoons for adults. Like honestly, the Flintstones. Well. <laughs> the Flintstones could be best literal. Literal. Mm. The Flintstones are probably the first thing that you sit there and go, "This is a cartoon for that is for adults too." Yeah, because it ran prime time for a while, and so but but before that, like anything animated, Bugs Bunny and that, any of that stuff, and there's some Bugs Bunny cartoons that like. Push the envelope that you you can't play I think now. There's a couple things that when when you pull this up on Disney Plus, one of the, the only thing that it says as far as content it says uh, for some scenes of tobacco use because <laughs> um, there's a, a couple of parts where they're smoking and and like blowing smoke into Dumbo's face and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think the most the the most curious scene for our three year old to watch when she was watching because she really wanted to see this movie. She got a, a Christmas present that had Dumbo in it, so she was really excited to see it. Uh, at one point, uh, both Dumbo and Timothy Mouse, who's yeah. his friends that helps him through the story, get drunk, like just completely wasted, and because they accidentally drink this water that's been contaminated with like alcohol, uh-huh. and then they have this big like hallucination scene that goes on for like three or four minutes. It's the elephants on parade, um, mm-hmm. a pink elephants on parade. Yeah, and so they're just seeing like like imagining that they're seeing pink elephants and they're <laughs> shape shifting into all these weird things. It's a re- really weird trip, like like it's just a trippy scene. I and I, so yeah, it is for kids, but it also like I think. Jordan watching it was just confused by half of the movie. He's like, I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> um, what you talk I don't about think the, she'll want to watch this. You talk about the hallucinations. It makes me think that, um, you know, 64-minute runtime, that the studio was like, well, we've got this movie called Dumbo that we drew. Now, I got this other thing with these pink elephants that I drew. <laughs> can, we, can we make up something in the Dumbo movie that then allows us to be able to use this? Sure thing. We'll just make them drunk. 
Um, maybe also kind of like like Bambi, I guess, would be another example of this. But there are some scenes that are very dark in this movie, um, and I think Pinocchio actually is kind of like this too. But a lot of those movies back then didn't shy away from like the really heavy stuff. And there's a scene where um, Dumbo is crying and his mother is crying because they're separated from each other. His mother, Mrs. Jumbo, gets locked up in this cage basically and can't is, isn't going to be let out and Dumbo doesn't understand why and Jordan was just like why is why is his mommy in there why can't they see each other like she was like really broken up over it so yeah it's um the other thing about this movie is if I saw the script of like actual lines that are spoken by a person mm-hmm. in this movie it's probably about eight pages but most of the awesome. movie is not there's not there's no spoken lines $950,000 budget Back then was a lot of money, yeah. And then it made one point three million, so uh, so it, it basically broke even. Yeah, That's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what, what a weird time. Like I, this is I, I think one of their first movies. Like um, uh, Snow White was their very first. I think it came out in the thirties. Um, they did some other little short films and stuff like that. This this movie definitely came out in their first ten years, and uh, it does not uh, it does not play like a typical Disney movie. So it's it's a weird one to go back to. So this movie does definitely does not hold up. I've not seen the the remake of it, but I've heard it's maybe even worse than the original. Yes, um, which is saying a lot, I think. So, um, yeah, most of the movie is basically like him having these big floppy ears, and people think he's ridiculous, and they all make fun of him and laugh at him, and then he, you know, has to like climb on top of these elephants and try to be a part of the circus show. He wants to see his mother. At the very end of the movie, he figures out he can fly. Roll credits. It's like it, that's the whole movie. It's really. Um, we watched Miller and I watched Monsters Inc. This week, yeah. he loves Monsters Inc. I find it to be awesome. I love Monsters Inc. I like it better than Monsters University, but I like Monsters University. But um, darn good, yeah, really, really good. The power of laughter is more power than the power of fear. Yeah, that's Bill. what we learned from that. That's the big learning thing. Uh, Sully's a great guy, played by John Goodman. That, uh, ca- that cast, man, so good. And Billy Crystal's really funny. Also, this new phone's great. Is it great? Yeah. It's better than my old Miller's saying this new phone's great. WWE game, yeah. It, it used to always... Okay, hold on one second. All right. Nobody can hear you right now. Anyway, so very good. That's about it. That's all I got for yeah, you. It then, was great. And then I, I told you this at lunch today, but uh, Clone Wars, I'm starting to... I'm still tearing through that. I watched another five or six episodes... I figured it out, Jack. I did the math. There's about 100 episodes that I need to see before season seven comes out in mid-February. I don't know if you saw the news, listener, um, this week came out. February 17th is the final season of Clone Wars. Cool. Season seven. I'd like to review that on this no, podcast. I'm all over it. So, yeah, I and love it. So, I'm trying to catch up. I'm trying to watch all six seasons, which is 100 more episodes. Right. There's like 120 total or whatever yeah and i but i already seen most of the first season i'm almost done with season one i have two episodes left and then there's like 99 more episodes after that it, and i have about 33 days to watch them so if i watch three episodes a night every single night without skipping a night i can get all six seasons in before season seven comes That's out awesome so i'm gonna try to do it um i'm all caught up on it so i'm when the new one comes out i'm very pumped for that so yeah i saw now I'm, are they I'm, gonna load all of them at once or are they gonna go one at a time like they did me lorian Oh, I don't know. I haven't heard anything. Probably weekly. I'm assuming so. Yeah, yeah. Th- I. That's what I would prefer, to be honest. Like I, I don't, I don't. I'm not much of a binger. Like I, a lot of this, I don't have time right now. But I, I, w- I wouldn't like if they dropped 18 episodes of season eight or season seven. 
I wouldn't want to watch all 18 in one weekend. So like I, I kind of like spacing it out and having conversations about it with my friends at work and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I like the way that they're doing it. Cool. Hopefully they'll do that. I hope so too. Well, uh, thanks for listening to the show. Let us know what you want to hear about on this podcast. We're going to be next week. We're going to actually going to be talking about high school musical, the musical series, Dude. the longest name for a TV show ever. Yeah. Uh, really weird. We're going to have some great guests on some tentative great guests. Yeah. And don't at, want, I don't want to spoil surprises because you know how that goes. Well, we will have at least two guests, if not three, mm-hmm. next week. So I'm re- very excited you about that. You may end up hearing more of them than you do us. I, I'm not sure um, how much of this I'm going to watch, but, to be honest. But I'm going to watch enough to talk about it. And I've seen all the other High School Musical stuff. So yeah. if nothing else, we can steer the conversation toward those movies. So. I, I've not even seen the first two High School Musicals. So They're phenomenal. I, I don't know much about this, the great. property. But They're great. apparently the show is pretty good. Uh, I don't know that I'll watch more than a couple episodes of it. I don't know if you know this, Jack, but there's Clone Wars that I need to watch. So I might be... No, you are. Yeah, you're having to watch three episodes. How long is that episode of Clone Wars? Uh, I mean, you can do it in 22 minutes. Isn't it so, short? They're yeah, shorter, yeah. yeah. So that'll be... I easy. mean, an hour, an hour night is what yeah, we're talking about. So, so I, I probably will not be watching the entirety of all 10 episodes of high school the musical series high school musical the musical series but i will probably watch a couple episodes and then just kind of let them talk for the next episode so if you're into high school musical the musical series you're in luck next week is going to be all about that can i can i sing us out sure why not a whole new world disney plus reviews at hotmail.com a whole new no one to tell us no where to go. Let me show my whole new world with you. I got very suggestive there at the end. Thank you. I'm done. Night night. <laughs>